1: Cheap tracker mortgages, why there's no need to get them while stocks last. Inflation-proofed savings accounts, why you can now get them again. And cautious managed funds, why it turns out that data providers can't get their facts right. All of this to come in this week's FT Money Show. I'm Matthew Vincent, and I'll be giving you the lowdown on all of these money matters in downloadable form with my colleagues from FT Money, Alice Ross. Hello. Steve Lodge. Hello. And Tanya Poli. Hey. And let's start then with the money news. This week, mortgage borrowers discovered that low rates will be here for a little while longer. Some lenders had been urging borrowers to snap up special offers while they lasted. For example, HSBC had said that its Best Buy lifetime tracker rate of 1.69 percentage points over the base rate was only going to be available for two weeks. But earlier this week, the bank extended the offer period to the 5th of September and its first direct subsidiary continues to offer a cut-price £99 fee on all of its deals. Elsewhere, lenders have been cutting fixed rates too, with the post office launching a new best buy 2 year fix of 2.85%. Um, so, Tanya, looking at these rate movements, does this mean that rates have got further to fall?
2: Well, we've actually seen swap rates um, fall recently, which is the, the kind of um, system where um, lenders actually base their fixed rate pricing on. Um, so this has actually seen a bit more um, falls in fixed rates at the moment. So we've seen quite a few lenders come out this week with um, cuts in fixed rate deals such as Yorkshire and the post office. Um, so I think there's still quite a way further that we could actually go. I mean, there's also been a release out today by MoneyFacts, which actually shows that um, the margins that lenders um, are getting over kind of What's, what swap rate costs are the cost of funding for them um, compared to actually what they're charging um, borrowers is at an all-time high. So actually, rates could fall if lenders decide to actually pass that you know reduction actually owned to borrowers.
1: If they're willing to take a, a slightly narrower margin on some of these deals, just looking at um, at some of the offers in particular, th- this HSBC rate incredibly low at the moment, uh, a pay rate of 2.19%. There's nothing near that at the moment, is there, out there?
2: Um, That's definitely the best one, but I think it's worth um, sort of bearing in mind that actually that's only for um, loan-to-values up to 60%. 60? Yeah, 60. So obviously you need to have a deposit of more than 40% to actually be able to access the deal. Um, There are other still very attractive um, lifetime trackers available at different levels, but it's always worth actually checking what that LTV price is before you actually look at the rate itself.
1: Yes. And the the post office um, now appears to be something of a competitive player in the mortgage market, which is a relatively recent development?
2: Well, I think they're trying to um, particularly target the higher loan-to-value end. Um, So they're looking at sort of trying to help first-time buyers. So they're actually one of the main lenders in the 90% loan-to-value market. Um, And this is what we've actually seen this week, a trend of actually more lenders um, targeting higher loan-to-value deals. Um, Yorkshire Building Society is one of those players, the same with post office. Um, And Northern Rock also came out late last week with some... um, like cut reductions at around eighty-five percent loan to value, so we're actually seeing competition increase at that kind of end, which is which is quite good because over the last year we've really seen most of the competition and lower rates at that kind of sixty percent, seventy-five percent loan to value. So it's really good news for first-time buyers, really.
1: And I suppose that's that's potentially better news for the housing market, getting things moving. You know, only last week we were looking at all the conflicting signals mm-hmm. in the yeah. in the housing market. Some saying mortgage approvals are up, some saying they're down, some saying prices are up, some saying they're down um i imagine it's still a case we've got to wait till september
2: it is a case yes um obviously the market's very slow at the moment it's the summer months so actually there's not much people um really sort of looking to buy a property at the moment um i think we're just got to see hopefully um often lenders try to um you know boost their lending books towards the end of the year if they don't feel they've lent enough um so we might see actually more lenders start to be a bit more competitive in the autumn
1: certainly and just finally i know you're also looking into another uh, particular story about buy to let lending um what's that about
2: um that's right we're actually investigating a certain buy-to-let lender who um used to kind of provide these same day remortgaging loans um which were very popular with buy-to-let property investment clubs back in the property boom and actually um what we're seeing is that these um type of loans which they were very keen on actually have caused quite a big loss to their own mortgage book um so it's it's kind of quite some interesting outcomes that are kind of coming from that
1: I mean, we may find out what was going on at the, at the height of the property boon. Uh, Tanya, thank you very much uh, indeed for that. And for full details of the current best buy tracker and fixed rates for house purchases and remortgages, look out for Tanya's article in FT Money and also uh, the investigation into these buy-to-let mortgage practices that she mentioned, all in this weekend's FT and online at ft.com forward slash money. Still to come on the show, when is a cautious managed fund not a cautious managed fund? We still don't know, because the data we were given last week turned out to be wrong. First though, inflation proving your savings. This week, savers worried about rising prices got some good news when a small building society launched a new account offering a guaranteed return over inflation. National Counties Building Society has stepped in to offer an account linked to the Retail Prices Index following the withdrawal of the popular indexed linked certificates offered by the government-run National Savings and Investments. Like the National Savings Certificates, this new account will pay a tax-free return as it will be offered inside an Individual Savings Account, or ISA. It will give savers 1% a year, plus the change in the RPI until autumn 2015. Now, Steve it seems like only a few weeks ago that we were sat here on the show bemoaning the withdrawal of the national savings certificates and it seems that the the market has done what it should do and another player has stepped in
3: yes matthew i mean this is only an isa so it's only available for people who've either still got a cash isa allowance to use this year of 5100 pounds or indeed who can be prepared or bothered to transfer ISIS from elsewhere. But yes, it is a a unique product now. It's the only one out there that guarantees to beat inflation. So how's the rate actually worked out? Um, It is 1% a year, plus the change in the RPI index, which is not the one that we hear much about anymore, but is the higher one over the next five years. So if indeed we do get uh, if we get rising inflation or continuing high inflation then you will end up with a good return but it is over that entire five-year period so there's a chance that we'll see high inflation and then moderating inflation and some would say even deflation so that if there is no change at all in that rpi index over the five years you'll then only get the one percent a year
1: so is it the case that you have to leave your money locked up for the five years Essentially, yes.
3: Yeah, you can get your money out early, but then you close the account, which means you lose your ice for allowance, or you could transfer elsewhere. Um, but then you'll only get the equivalent of 1% a year, so you'll, you won't
1: benefit at all from any RPI increases during that period. Now, I can't help but notice that this week has also seen the latest inflation figures being published, which showed a very slight fall in the RPI figure. What do you reckon that means for how attractive this account now looks?
3: Well, it should make people think, you know, that arguably the worst time to go into an inflation-beating account is when inflation is high but coming down um, because the key is what happens to inflation over the next five years – Um, the Bank of England who released those inflation or who was talking about those inflation figures earlier this week, the the bank governor said that inflation, as measured by CPI, which is the one the government loves to talk about now, would remain above target, above its 2% target until 2012. CPI is about 3%. Uh, RPI, which has traditionally been higher and is certainly more volatile than CPI, is now, as you say, 4.8%. I mean, there's another quirk here as well that again, should send off a few sort of make people think before they go into this. The FSA as well slapped national counties down almost at launch um, with this product because national counties had projected forward based on that the current inflation rate.
1: Okay, so it was projecting quite a quite a high rate. Well,
3: it was saying that you could get a return of 5.82% based on then current or the then latest RPI figures. The FSA now insists it use what you would have earned in the past five years, which <laughs> arguably is equally misleading, but that would amount to just under 4%. And I think people possibly need to think that unless you unless you believe inflation is going to take off, then you need to maybe th- thinking that that's... Arguably closer or a more sort of um, realistic view of
1: returns. Certainly. And uh, how does this you know, five year savings product effectively compare with other? Uh, savings offerings out there. Let's let's yeah. say oh, the, the, there are some five-year fixed-rate bonds, aren't there? Exactly, and given that you're tied in,
3: that's the obvious thing to compare them with. Um, the best five-year fixed-rate ISA currently pays 4.25%, uh, offered by Birmingham Midshires, um, part of the Lloyd's Group. So effectively, you're saying here that in order to beat that 4.25%, you would want RPI to be more than three, qu- three and a quarter percent per year. Um, which is, you know, it's a reasonable punt, as one uh, analyst said to me this week. Um, it's not, it's not unattainable, but equally, it does presume that we will see sort of ongoing inflation rather than a deflationary
1: world. I suppose the last thing to just reiterate is the fact that, the, that this return from the national counties um, product is within an ISA, so it's a tax-free rate. You're getting. Very hard to beat that if, and that's a big if. If inflation does turn out to be at the sort of levels that, that they're
3: yes, I mean it, it underlines yet again the attractiveness of tax-free for anyone who pays a high rate of tax, forty percent or even the new fifty percent. It's very difficult to earn real returns based on the inflation figures that are always quoted. If you're in a tax savings account, but then you know anyone who's talked about investment in shares for the last generation or so has always said you never
1: earn a real return from cash after inflation and after tax yes well at least with this you'll earn something a real return um, thanks for that steve and uh, if you'd like to know more about this national counties isa we've made it our deal of the week uh, in the ft money section this weekend and online at ft.com forward slash money and finally today cautious managed funds. Last week, in this very studio, we talked to an expert guest about the difficulty in knowing how much a fund actually invests in equities or bonds. And as if to prove our point, it turns out that the figures we were given by a financial data provider showing the equity content of cautious managed funds were wrong. Well, Not exactly wrong in terms of the shares that they held, but just not the same figures used by the Investment Management Association for its sector definitions. Confused? Well, I think I am already. Um, Alice, what was the problem with the figures that we got showing cautious managed funds equity exposure.
4: Basically, the figures that we got were showing the equity holdings of a lot of these funds as interpreted by the data provider, which was Trustnet, um, a data provider that's widely used by financial advisors and some private investors.
1: That seems, that seems to be what you'd want to look at isn't it Uh,
4: yes exactly i mean it's a, a pretty mainstream source of information um now the problem is that trustnet was getting the its data or its figures from the fund fact sheets of the various different fund management companies now these fund fact sheets are quite confusing um basically two things are going on with the funds some of them uh, actually hedge their exposure to equities. So, uh, for example, a UBS fund um, was at one point seventy three percent in its exposure to equities and on, a, on a, what it calls security selection exposure. But then it hedges this using derivatives, so its net market exposure is just forty five percent. So a significant difference by the use of derivatives, and the IMA. Counts net market exposure under its definition of how much a cautious managed fund can have in equities, which is a maximum of sixty percent.
1: Right. So some of these funds then will have security selection exposure that's more than sixty percent, but because their net exposure is below sixty percent, they are within the IMA definition. Is that is that, is that the exactly? Yeah.
4: Right. So they don't breach the IMA limits under that um, under that definition. Obviously, this was confusing to the people at Trustnet and indeed financial advisors that I've spoken to, hence why it was shown as being 73% inequities. Um, the other problem that's going on is that some cautious managed funds are fund of funds. So they are buying other funds. And then the question is how to display all of this in the fund fact sheet um, with one fund. uh they have a, a sector called specialist funds now in the specialist sector you can have absolute return funds or even some equity funds um, trustnet were counting all of this as equities hence this fund also went seemed to go above the 60 percent limit uh, the fund managers and the IMA don't count specialist as equities so that's another kind of gray area where it's confusing for people trying to interpret the data
1: Yes, and am I right in saying that there was one fund manager itself that didn't really know how much it had in equities?
4: (laughs) Another fund manager phoned me up and said that one of their investment people, in filling out the form that they sent to Trustnet, saying how much they had in equities, uh, interpreted their own data incorrectly and put themselves down as having too much in equities.
1: Right. So, for confused investors like me, (laughs) what's the best thing to do? What should I? What should I look at to get to get a proper picture of how much? cautious managed fund has inequities
4: you should probably ask a financial advisor or you can go to the fund fact sheet and you can phone the fund manager but some people say that cautious managed funds are just confusing in nature i mean these things can range from five percent inequities to sixty percent inequities so the issue is do you want to be in in a type of fund that just can move around so much
1: yes you could just go into a straight equity fund and know where you stand that sounds like a slightly better way of going about it. Well, thanks very much for explaining to me and to the listeners exactly what the position is with these funds. And uh, if you'd like to know more about uh, what these funds actually invest in, um, and if you want to read my opinion on how confusing this is, uh, for all of us, uh, look out for the articles in Saturday's FT Money section. Well, that's all for this week's FT Money show. Remember, you will find weekday news updates and all of these stories on our website, ft.com forward slash money. And if you have a question you'd like us to answer about any aspect of your finances, just email us. The address is money at ft.com. Next week, we'll bring you another financial lowdown in downloadable form. But until then, it's goodbye from me, Tanya, Alice and Steve. Goodbye.
4: Goodbye.